Dynasty Blueprint with Matt Williamson and Ryan McDowell. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell. I'm joined, as always, by Matt Williamson. Matt, we have wrapped up our uh, Dynasty team building series. I think that was very successful. We got a lot of awesome feedback on that. Had some great guests. I know I learned a lot. I'm going to assume you did too, Matt. I don't. You don't have it all down when it comes to <laughs> Dynasty, do you? No. I mean, the, the, the river, it's well said. The response we got, I'm sure you heard a lot of this too, was awesome. The guests we had were awesome. A lot of in-depth thinking, a lot of different ways to skin a cat. You know, I mean, a lot of different ways to build a true dynasty. I think that was awesome. I'm excited just to chat with you and take some questions today. But I have a little announcement. Uh Uh-oh, let's hear it. Yeah. Uh, About five minutes ago, I signed a contract with the Pro Football Network website and Really impressed with these guys. They've been very draft-oriented. They've only been around for like a year and a half. But they signed Mike Tanier this week, and they signed me this week to really build an NFL department. And I've mentioned it to them. I'm going to do a little fantasy, I'm sure. Maybe my dynasty ranks will be there. I don't know. But my first job at hand is ranking the top 25 running backs in the league this year. So uh, that probably will be live by the time this, web, or by the time this uh, podcast is out there. So check it out. Very cool. Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. We'll we'll love to see your work out there for for the world to see. Uh, I, I know you've you've shared a lot of those thoughts on here and and your other podcasts, but it'll be good to see it uh, in writing as well. Yeah, I'm excited, Matt. You mentioned it. We are taking some listener questions today. We got some good ones as always. But honestly, before we get into that, we like I said, we we've kind of been set in the dynasty team building uh, mode for. Uh, well over a month now, really almost, it feels like almost the entire summer. We, we love those, those shows. Uh, but, but we're moving on now and, and we've got a lot to talk about, even though it's obviously not a normal off season and, and not going to be a normal season. So let's just sure. have a, have a quick COVID-19 conversation. Of course, you're there closely covering the Steelers. You, uh, you, you probably know more about this than, uh, a lot of us. Uh, listening to this show, kind of what's the mindset? I mean, are we assuming are are the players are the is the media close to the team? Are you assuming that we're getting a full season in? Is it almost a foregone conclusion that that's not going to happen? Like, how's how's the thinking out there right now? I think the thinking, and I'm obviously in, in the same situation is nobody really knows. You know, I mean, if they would have made provisions a month ago, they would have had to change them three times. So they're kind of learning from other leagues. I mean, to give you an example, um, just you know, with my ties with the Steelers, they obviously are not going to St. Vincent's College in Latrobe. They're going to have to stay. That's an NFL rule. They're going to do most of what they their work at Heinz Field. And very few people are going to be able to see it. Like they're going to play, they're going to have the the first forty five minutes of practice on Steelers dot com for anyone to watch. But anyone spends their NFL practice, those first forty five minutes, you don't really learn anything. You just kind of learn who's practicing. They're stretching. Maybe they'll do some individual drills. But I starting training camp starting Monday. Not only do I do the drive with Dale Lawley, but I'm doing another show from 6 to 8. So I'm doing double headers all through camp. So four hours of radio a day through the Steelers Nation Radio, which is the Steelers, uh, that's their radio network that they own. 
and I'm not going to watch one practice. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I, you know, I, I mean, it's crazy. Usually we're broadcasting right next to the practice, right next to the mini camp, or we're watching it or we're about to. I'm not really even invited. I mean, it's a very small group that's going to be able to watch practice. So, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I do think that some people are a little overreacting in terms of what we've seen with baseball, that there's been some cancellations of games with MLB. Because when the, and I know this from experience, when a team travels in the NFL, they're almost in a bubble anyway. Like, they don't go through the tarmac like you guys, we all do. They don't go through security. They have a police escort between everywhere they go. I mean, everything's going to be just the team. So that part doesn't worry me as much as some seem to be scared about. I mean, is that is that different than baseball? I don't know. I'm. Well, the difference with baseball is... If the Cubs are playing the Cardinals, the Cardinals are in Chicago for three or four days. You know what I mean? Right. It's not you're not just in and out. I mean, they they will go to a hotel that is going to they'll have the whole floor to themselves. They'll get back on a bus, go to the stadium. So I don't think travels as big a deal as opposed to staying in a different city for all those days. I I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just being optimistic. <laughs> Well, I mean, I hope uh, I hope you're right. We all hope you're right. We all hope that we get, I mean, a full season. Obviously, is is the dream. But I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm on the other end. Maybe I'm just being pessimistic that I, I see almost no way that we're getting a full season, and I'm not even sure we get any football. Definitely hope I'm wrong on that one, though. Uh, and and we'll of course continue to talk about this. We don't we don't really want to, but uh, it, it's hard to avoid at this point because it's affecting everything the league does and everything the league does affects what we do as dynasty players. Um, so let's, let's transition that into some of these, some of these opt outs. Um, we really saw that over the past week, um, start to play a larger role. We've seen now, I believe eight, uh, new England Patriots opt out. None of them necessarily, fantasy viable uh unless you're in an idp league uh, several defenders uh, a couple of depth pieces on offense but uh, just just the sheer number eight out of your you know your presumed 53 are opting out um the biggest name i guess is in the one that's had the biggest dynasty impact over the past several days is damian williams with the chiefs we did we did get a couple questions on this situation both damian williams and and, of course, the rookie Clyde Edwards-Hilaire uh, there. So uh, just focused on the opt-out option first. Do you do you see more of those coming? Um, do you think this is kind of the end of it? Are we going to see some larger names? What, what are your expectations over the next few days with that? I'm guessing, and again, guessing, again, this is all a very unknown situation in uncharted waters. But I think at this point, most people have come to the facility, reported, and are all in. I mean, maybe someone will get bad news you know, and uh, test positive and change their mind, but pretty soon we're hitting that limit where you're in or you're not, you're getting your, your severance pay or you're not. So I'm hoping that the majority, you know, the high, high majority of it has already come and gone. And it's, it's interesting because I've been thinking of more from an NFL perspective. We haven't had a show you know, to talk about it, but it, I'm not sure it's influenced the fantasy community all that much. I mean, a lot of big, heavy nose tackle types are opting out, you know? Right. Yeah. The, the opt out, 
mentioned Damian Williams. Uh, I mean, Devin Funches, right? Like Marquise Goodwin. Yeah. Those guys are are fringe fantasy viable. So other than Williams, you're right. Maybe maybe it hasn't had a huge impact. Or if you want to start looking at offensive linemen and, and really kind of stretching the uh, the definition of of impact on fantasy. I still feel like we're we're going to see um, larger names. You know, if we escape this with Damian Williams being the biggest fantasy name, uh, we're probably pretty lucky. And and of course, we've seen yeah. some larger names going on on the COVID list, on the reserve COVID list, which, as a lot of people have pointed out, does not mean that they those players have tested positive. That that's one option, but maybe they have. Uh, been in contact with uh, with somebody who was uh, positive for the virus. So, I mean, Kenny Galladay, lots, lots of Lions, right? Kenny Galladay, TJ Hawkinson, Matthew Stafford, all on that reserve list now. Um, we'll see how that affects their availability for uh, any potential, for the potential beginning of the season. But for now, I think the a lot of the focus has been on Damian Williams, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and, and the impact there. So let's let's move into that situation. We got a question from Sean, and he he poses it, you know, like like I want to. C E H go. Like, what are your thoughts now, <laughs> Damian Williams? Well, I I put it out there on Twitter when the announcement came down that this this is basically the end of Damian Williams as a dynasty asset. I think a lot of people were already a little iffy on him because I mean, because of his, his history, as far as uh, just taking so long to really make an impact in the league. He was an undrafted free agent years ago. Um, you know, he, he, he's felt flimsy all along and, and that got, that became even more true when the chiefs drafted uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the first round. So, you know, to say Damian Williams is losing value is, is certainly no stretch, but I think at this point his value is gone from a dynasty perspective. Do you think he's cuttable? I do think he's cuttable. I mean, okay. with with that, we're always talking about, you know, how many roster spots you have and IR spots, uh, and IR spots, right? Yeah, right so, right. Uh, if if your league is allowing those opt out players uh, on the injured reserve, which as a as a dynasty commission, I think absolutely that should be the case. Then sure, stick Damian Williams on the IR, on the IR for now. Um, but if, if that starts filling up or if you don't have that as an option, I don't think it's crazy at all to cut him, especially if you have, uh, 20, 24, 23 roster spots or fewer. I think he's probably cuttable. He's not a special talent and he, who knows if he even comes back and would he even be a chief? You know, that's the beauty of him is he's a chief. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. I don't, um, of course the, the way that, contracts work with these players that have opted out and this was uh this was actually a point that was that i was confused on at first because there's there's so many kind of moving pieces with this but when a player opts out his contract basically moves forward one year Mm -hmm. so in damian williams case i believe he was set to be a free agent after the 2020 season uh that's no longer the case He's now under contract for the 2021 season with the Chiefs. Uh, that does not mean he'll be a Chief, though. Of course, they still have the option to cut him if they uh, if they choose to do so. Um, so we'll find out, of course, what what they do with him. I, I don't think he's the honestly the the big piece of this story. I think it's Clyde Edwards-Helaire 
who was already being valued as the 101 in rookie drafts. Um, he was already being valued as a borderline first-round pick in Dynasty startups before this news. And I, I think what we've seen since the announcement, and I have seen plenty of people say the hype has gone too far, we're overvaluing him, you know, sell Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and, and I get all that. But I think it's kind of a perfect storm for him between Damian Williams opting out and, and leaving all this opportunity for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, plus the the growing concern, and, and you mentioned it with baseball, what we've seen from baseball is creating this this worry that we're not going to see football in 2020. So mm-hmm. I think dynasty players are starting to think of their of their players, of their teams, of, of the value of players in a 2021 mindset. What's this guy going to be worth in 2021? Um, and, and I think those two things basically happening at the same time has pushed Clyde Edwards-Hilaire up the board quickly. We're, we're doing our August startup mock drafts at DLF right now. Matt, where do you, where do you think he was drafted on average? Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, Needless to say, and I know most rookie drafts have come and gone. He's clearly the 101 now. If there was that, if you are, if you like Taylor or Dobbins or one of those dudes, it's not even close now. I think we'll all concede that. I'm sitting here guessing that he's like the seventh player off the board. Like, is he an obvious first round pick startup dynasty player now? I'm guessing that answer is yes. If he was borderline before, he has to be right. Yeah, so he had been he had been in the first round in in some previous mock draft data. I believe that was in June. He was, I think he was the one twelve in June, July. He dropped back out of the first round. Uh, he was the two oh one or two oh two, so still in that range. This month, with the news, with the perfect storm, as I mentioned, he is the one point oh five. He's the fifth wow. overall player. So you you've got, uh, of course, Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey Saquon Barkley. Barkley at the top. You've got uh, Alvin Kamara is actually the third player drafted with Ezekiel Elliott fourth. Uh, those two are, as always, pretty close, kind of back and forth. And then it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Uh, he's, so he's, he's above wow. every wide receiver. Uh, Michael Thomas is, is right behind him. Uh, he's above Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders. Um, what, are, what are your kind of your immediate thoughts on that? Uh, have have we gone too far if that's where his value is? It feels like it because I got to think that somebody that's not on the roster or Williams at least gets added into the equation a year from now. You know, I mean, for, two, for, for next year. I've been looking at him through a redraft lens and I'm seeing people that I like and trust and are great fantasy analysts talking about him being like sixth overall, you know, mid first, you know, right in that Dalvin Cook range, fighting outside the top four. And I like the player, but here's my concerns are, I know that they know this and they understand they're going to scheme around it, but at LSU, he was not good in protection. And we know rookie running backs can struggle to see the field if they aren't at least adequate in protection. So that scared me from day one. Now that he's, quote, the man, I know he's a great receiver. 
But when I'm comparing them to elite running backs for at least this year and for redraft reasons and using a first-round pick on them, the Chiefs run the ball like eight times in the first half. (laughs) I mean, like, their first half rushing totals are so low. And then they get a lead and then they kind of wear you down. Is he going to be in the game in the fourth quarter when they're winning by 14? I mean, that's not really his style. Right, right. Do you think... Do you think those those numbers uh, and and just their running uh, their rush usage is because they haven't really had a you know no disrespect they haven't had a talented running back uh, over the past no couple years I don't okay I don't think that's why I I think that they are this is a Warren Sharp thing that they are extremely analytically driven that they realize that the winning... If you are leading at halftime, you should win more than three-quarters of your games. You know, like the Ravens were the best example of that last year. You know, got up on people and then went to the run. And I think Andy Reid is a very aggressive head coach, offensive mind, with the most dangerous quarterback in offense in the league, that they are going to attack, attack, attack until they feel comfortable, and then they're going to put the screws to you. I just think that's how they play football. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. And he'll be part of that attack, attack, attack. Sure. Yeah, of course. So at that 1.05 valuation in Dynasty, and, um, you know, if you think that's too high, that that's fair. But he's somewhere in that mid-first range at this point. So as a mid-first rounder, if you're doing a startup draft today, are you drafting him in that range? No, but... If I owned him now or if I had that pick and it's pretty obvious that most people want him, which brings us to other questions here, you know, sure. what can you get for the player? I, I, He has to be Christian McCaffrey to be worth this. And I liked him coming out of LSU, but I didn't think he was a first-round pick. And is he going to be Christian McCaffrey? Is he going to be Kamara? Is he going to be one of the best backs in the league, the one of the best weapons in the league? I think that's rich. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's fair. So you're you're valuing him more as a late first rounder, early second rounder. Yeah, is that fair to say. I guess. I mean, I don't have the average dynasty ADPs in front of me, but I don't think that he's dramatically more valuable to me than Mixon, Cook, Josh Jacobs, uh, Chubb, Henry. That neighborhood, and you get to 12 pretty quick, you know what I mean? When you factor in wide receivers and whatnot for a startup. Well, you said you're going to be working on your uh, top 25 running backs soon for Pro Football Network, so we'll see where where he comes in ultimately, or or I don't know, if he even makes the top 25. Maybe um, maybe you're... You know, maybe you're no rookies allowed. So I don't want to. Okay, there. I'm I'm not going to do them. I think it's unfair to rank rookies yet. Yeah, yeah, that's happening. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, One more question on this situation before we move on. This comes from Ron. Uh, Ron says, "Which Casey backup are you targeting with the Damian Williams news?" So we've talked about Damian Williams. We've talked about Clyde. They've got they've got a lot of guys there, right? So they they signed DeAndre Washington away from the Raiders earlier this offseason before any of this happened. Uh, a lot of people have made the connection and pointed out that of course Washington played with Patrick Mahomes in college. Uh Washington has I would say has been kind of underrated but has has been uh, solid for the Raiders in that pass catching role. Let's see who else. Daryl Williams played pretty well when given a chance last year. Uh Darwin Thompson 
did not really play very well, didn't get on the field. But one year ago this time, he was he was the player that a lot of us were were chasing, not quite to the extreme of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but he was that uh, that sleeper that a lot of people wanted. Even in redraft league, he was, he was on the radar and, and basically did nothing as a rookie. Of those of those players, Washington, Williams, Darwin Thompson, uh, any interest in those from a dynasty perspective? Washington was a guy I was very intrigued with because it didn't seem like many people mentioned it in free agency when they added him. And, and I sneakily grabbed him left and right before the NFL draft. And then when they took Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I kind of went, oh, well, that, that was a failed experiment. Big deal. But a year ago... I was overpaying for Darwin Thompson. You know, I mean, there were yeah. some people out there, Matt Walden in particular, that loved the guy. And I'm like, boy, I could. I looked at him and thought maybe he's got some Edward Solaire like traits in this. You know, before I knew who Edward Solaire was, you know what I mean? Like that, I'm like, boy, this is intriguing on the Chiefs. So I haven't lost faith in either of those players because I liked them both, Edward Solaire aside. But don't you think that they're going to want more of a bruiser? I wish neither. I wish one of them had a different style to their game. They're they're too similar to Edward Hilaire. But what if Edward Hilaire, as a rookie running back, can't handle a heavy workload and goes down in week eight or COVID hits or something like that? One of those guys could just skyrocket up boards. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and I think you know we've seen we've seen a, a little bit from all three of those guys. Uh, at least enough to to take a chance on. So I, I think right now they're all worthy of roster spots. Again, it depends on how deep your league is. But um, DeAndre Washington is is the one I would be chasing there. I'm I'm kind of intrigued mm. with him. Not only that they he's good that they went out and acquired him, uh, you know, through free agency, but just what we've seen from him uh, on the field, and and certainly it's more than. Uh, more than Williams or uh, Darwin Thompson to this point. So what's Edward Hilaire worth to you? So as I mentioned at the top, I'm I'm kind of a pessimist when it comes to this. Unfortunately, I, I'm not happy about it. Uh, I don't want to be a I don't want to be an I told you so guy if, if things don't go well. But that's just kind of my feel on it right now that we might not get any football. So mm-hmm. when I'm looking at my own teams lately over the past couple of weeks, when I'm looking at my rankings at DynastyLeagueFootball.com, I'm starting to, to do those through a 2021 lens. Um, and because of that, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is, is moving up my, up my rankings pretty quickly. Uh, I think it's a fair conversation uh, to debate him versus Ezekiel Elliott. Him wow. versus okay. Alvin okay. Kamara. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's crazy to have Clyde ranked as your RB three right now. Honestly, um, wow. you like him more than I do. Yeah, yeah. It but, sounds. But like I, it. I, your points are strong. Yeah, I mean, it's two first, blind first, future first. Are you listening? Uh, as as a buyer, as a seller. No. Oh no 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 no. Well, I mean, you it needs three to get in the conversation. Just yeah. Sit down at the blackjack table with it. Sure, sure. But I think that would be true of, I mean, anybody you just took at 101, you know, um, in, a, mm-hmm. in, a, in a normal year. To take somebody at 101 um, and turn around and sell them for two kind of random future seconds, I, I don't think that's going to Future first, I meant. 
Or future first. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I don't think, I don't think that would be a, a wise move in general. Um, definitely mm-hmm. not in this case. I hear what you're saying. That makes perfect sense. You have you any more Edward Solaire conversation? I think I think we've covered it enough for this this episode. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot going forward. It is very interesting. Now, obviously, the team he's on is so intriguing. But uh, I, I've been looking for a new challenge, which is why I'm playing Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football this season. So Dynasty Owner Fantasy Football unites the fun and excitement of fantasy football with the skill and strategy of the front office. Dynasty Owner is the only way to play fantasy football with real NFL salaries, adding to strategy of running an NFL franchise. Dynasty Owner provides a unique challenge for diehard fantasy football fanatics. So go to DynastyOwner.com slash Blueprint. Leagues are forming now. That's DynastyOwner slash Blueprint. We've all been in a league where the winner just got lucky. And if you're like me and you know you're better than most, Dynasty Owner gives you the platform to prove it. Dynasty Owner favors skilled players who can manage their roster using real NFL salaries within the salary cap. It adds an entirely new level of strategy. So again, go to DynastyOwner.com slash Blueprint. Validate your fantasy football skills. So that's DynastyOwner.com slash Blueprint. Dynasty Owner, start your dynasty today. Matt, we did get a few other uh, non-Clyde Edwards-Hilaire questions. Let's try to run through those pretty quickly uh, from Dale. Uh, Dale says he made a trade, dynasty trade. He gave the 109, the 209, a future second, and Jarvis Landry, and he got Tyreek Hill. What do you think about that trade? What's your thoughts on Hill in general? Like, I, I know everyone's super excited about the Chiefs, and I mentioned how I'm going to do this running back uh, list. Hill might be the best wide receiver in all of football. But at some point, is there just not enough, you know, uh, footballs to go around in Kansas City? Because I don't think Hardman's going anywhere. I mean, I just really like Hardman, I guess, is what I'm getting at. Yeah, I like Hardman, too. Um, but, I mean, I, Hill is my wide receiver, too, in Dynasty rankings. And... Um, he, he's probably really close to being wide receiver one and overtaking, mm-hmm. uh, even overtaking Michael Thomas. So uh, I don't, I don't see. This isn't know, a ton to give up for Hill. No, no, I don't think so. I, I love this no. trade Dale made, uh, packaging a lot of fine assets. I, li- I like Jarvis Landry. I think he's a great buy low right now. We saw news that he went on the on the pup list to start training camp. Uh, a, Mid to late first, a couple of second rounders, Jarvis Landry. That is that is a slam dunk for mm-hmm. um, for this trade. So, and and those are the kinds of trades that you'll see um, smart dynasty players trying to make right now because we're getting we're getting close to the beginning of the regular season. We're kind of getting to that roster crunch. Maybe in your league you've got uh, expanded rosters in the off season, and now you have to cut down. You've you've got too many talented players. Uh, so those consolidation trades are great ones to make at this point. At this point in the off season, it looks like uh, based on the the rookie picks Dale mentions, maybe he maybe his league has not even had their rookie draft yet, and that's mm-hmm. another time you'll see those consolidation trades. I've got I've got six picks and I've only got three open spots, so I'm going to take all this and try to get uh, a superstar player or or at least an upgrade. And, and in this case, I think he got a superstar. Great job there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was thinking of that angle too, in that uh, maybe I'm looking too much into it, but because he had one nine and two nine, I assume he was the third best guy or fourth best guy in his league, so he must have a pretty good team. And I love the three roster spots for this year for one while upgrading, you know, a wide receiver three, two to a wide receiver one. And, oh, it costs you a future second, but so what? You know, I mean, it's a good deal. Right. And depending on the team, you know, Jarvis Landry is one of those borderline uh, starters. You know, I mean, he certainly has been productive, Mm -hmm. but if I've got a really strong contender, I'd rather Jarvis Landry be the first guy on my bench than than my wide receiver three. So uh, it, it's conceivable that Dale made this trade and and didn't give up a starter, but did get uh, a, a, not only a starter, but a wide receiver one. So absolutely yeah. love that one for him. You don't mind clicking that box on Sunday morning on Jarvis Landry. And at the end of the year, he's a compiler and ends up high on the list. But you're never doing jumping jacks over it either. Yeah. Let's get a little uh, tight end talk in here, Matt. This one comes from Ernie. 12 team, half PPR. It is a tight end premium league, and he's stacked at tight end. Doesn't have any of those elite guys, but has a lot of players that uh, that we've all been chasing this offseason. Noah Fant, uh, Dallas Goddard, Johnny Smith, Blake Jarwin, Ian Thomas, Jace Sternberger, all of those guys on his roster. Uh, and he feels like he needs to make a move. Which of those in this format, again, tight end premium, which of those players would you be shopping? Basically, which one feels like a sell high to you at this point? This is a really hard conversation for me because I don't know if it's a strength of mine or a weakness of mine. I love these kind of tight ends. You know, Irv Smith you could throw in this, in Hawkinson and uh, Gasecki and Herndon. There, I mean, there's... So many right now in the league that I am super intrigued with that have a lot of ability, got out of their rookie year and, you know, as most rookies do, didn't do a heck of a lot, but could turn in, they could be the skyrocketing guys. So I collect these guys left and right in every dynasty league. But the one that I've found myself collecting more than all others at his current value is John U. Smith. I, I think that he is really talented. I think their percentage of passing to run has to go up. Super good after the catch. So I'm keeping him. Sternberger's probably next on my list as favorites. And I think both those guys have a chance to at least compete to be the number two receiver on their team. And I think the one I would shop, because I like this list so much, is Fant, because I think I can get the most for him. I don't love his game. I don't own him anywhere. I recognize that he's fast, but I don't think he's as agile as some of these players. And there's a lot of mouths to feed in Denver, and I don't see the Broncos putting up a lot of points this year. Yeah, I like that call. I'm I'm starting to... I wouldn't say I'm worried about Fant. We're still, I mean, of course, we're still in year two. A lot of times we mm-hmm. don't even see those tight end breakouts uh, until year three or four, potentially um, sometimes even later. But um, I think Fant is a good example where the the value and the production over the next year or two are, are probably not going to line up. So um, I think I'm with you. Fant would be a guy I would look to... Uh, at least shop there. Jarwin is the other one. I'm not, not Me quite. Too. I'm not sold on him as much as I am uh, the rest of the guys on this list. So those those would be the two I would look at 
uh, Fant and Jarwin with with all this depth. And I, I think Jarwin has, is a is a good prospect. People are high on him, but he's probably going to be the fifth leading receiver on Dallas. I mean, how much fantasy gold is that when it's all said and done? Um, so yeah, I'm with you. I mean, I in in a nutshell, I'm not saying shop any of these guys, but if you have this many and tight ends are premium, Fant's the one I would shop, and I think you can get the most for. Yeah, I agree. All right, Matt, last question today comes from Melvin. He's in a two-quarterback dynasty league. He's got Cam Newton, Dak Prescott, along with Gardner Minshew and Tyrod Taylor. Uh, But he feels like he needs a quarterback for the future. I would probably agree with that. And he's got the 101. Are you taking Tua or Joe Burrow here? I love Tua. I just love Burrow way more. It's an easy decision for me. I I think Burrow is going to haunt my Steelers for years. They've supported him. He's going to go to an offensive-minded coach. they got weapons galore. I think he's a stud prospect, Burrow, and I wouldn't even hesitate. Yep, I, I totally agree. We see Burrow um, with an ADP of 101 in those Superflex rookie leagues, uh, and I think, that's, I think that's the right call. I would go Joe Burrow as well, uh, and I think it's pretty easy. We're actually seeing two a... Uh, based on that rookie ADP, um, more in line with J.K. Dobbins, Jonathan Taylor. He's he's more in that range, so we're hmm. we're seeing him fall to three, four, five uh, at, at some points in, in different leagues. With with Burrow, uh, I guess Burrow and, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire now are, are kind of the top two, even in super flex leagues. Um, so that's that that's more sense. the tier we see. Yeah, that makes sense to me. That's not a knock at all on Tua. I mean, I would gladly have Tua to a a two-quarterback league and be very happy to add him. I think he's a very good prospect. Yeah, totally agree. Matt, that will do it for today. we got a lot of great questions, covered some of the latest news around the league, and, and hope to do it again next week. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint.